0: And the best ways for you to get a download from heaven on something is not by my mouth saying it. It's from the mouth of God. Okay? I I don't want to approach you with lofty words and eloquent speech. I want it to be in power. All right? So you get what you hear from heaven is downloaded to you through power. All right? And that's why it's so candid. So I pray now that you're going to receive that. And I know he has a good word. 2021 is the year 5781 and it's the year 80 which is the 81 part is the year of the mouth which is what we just came out of but it continues because of the 20 part so there's a loosing of the mouths going on in 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 last year and this year and what gets built upon because it's a decade I want to give you some things to just take away because you won't see me for a couple months maybe two and so I want to give you something that shakes you and recalibrates you refortifies you strengthens you puts you straight so you have something to to take with you to to chew on so 2020 it gets a building put on it it gets a little added and decades are a big deal with the lord so we went into a new decade last year and now we're going into a year being added so we're continuing forward with the mouth and what's really powerful is that the um we have eighty, which is pay, which is the mouth, but we also have the uh one, so there's a couple things I want you to th- uh, remember. So in the year of the mouth, there's also an uh there's symbols, which is crazy. God is so um perfect. He's so into details. Some people like really like to be really retentive and you know really specific on things and God is very specific. So not only does he give really specific meanings to his word but he also gives symbolisms in his uh, letterings and numerical orders of things. And so with the pay it's the symbol of a mouth. With with there's another symbol in the in the 5781 and it's it's uh, the symbol of an eye. It looks like an eye and it means to be watchful, okay? It means to be watchful, and it means, um, it means to be watchful, to look, obviously. And another one is to, it also means to plow, to take action. Uh, like as in Luke 9, 62, uh, which is to take action and harvest, don't look back. So it's a harvest time. So there's a plow, and it looks like a plow. And that plow has three different meanings in uh, in three parts when, a, when an ox is used. And, or there's a, there's, So there's a plow. Then there's also an, um, a, uh, a symbol that looks like a plow, which is crazy. So we have an ox, which is a... Uh, we have an eye, we have an ox, and we have a plow. And what's interesting is with the plow, there are three parts to what is done with plowing. There's the uh, breaking up of fallow ground, there's the threshing of grain, and there's the pulling of carts, and a plow in scripture can represent not just like something that's moving something, but it is also a weapon. It can be a weapon, a sword, or represent nourishment, so there's, there's a plow that's something moving, there's a, uh, a um, ox, which is a servant, and then there's an eye and all of this is, it's, the, it's where we're going in this year. So the Lord speaks in symbolism because he's telling us something. Uh, there's all these crazy thinkings, you know, people have all this, regardless of what you think about Q or the Anons or all this crazy stuff, but they give, like, they're giving insight, they're supposed to be giving some, I don't know, something insight on, on what's happening. And... um God's heart is to give us insight so we know the season and the hour. He wants us to know exactly what is going down. So the significance of this year is incredibly powerful because there's the one adds, it, it represents strength. So the numbers mean something, the symbolism means something, and all of them together, it's like that Uh, What do you call it? Like algebraic equation that it makes something. So that's what I'm giving you. So I'm trying to give you something that you understand in Bible view and scripture view and God's view of timeline. We're not on the Roman calendar. We're on the Hebraic calendar. Okay, and so God has a—it's like a time clock. Uh, we're going into—we are in the end times, so there's a—it's we're like on a time clock. So we're to know the season and the hour, so that we're not shocked with what goes on, and we're completely ready and aware and centered in Christ. So there's for the number one, it's strength and power. It represents on on the year is fifty-seven eighty-one, and the number one represents the strength and power of God being given. And it's sitting on the platform of the mouth, which is the 20 part, if that makes sense. Okay, so that's crazy. So then we have the uh, five represent, is represented by an, the number five in that year is the eye. So it's watchful looking. It, uh, there's, and Of the seven, it's the plow. So we have the eye plowing. We have the power and strength of God and we have the mouth all combined together. So this is a year, and it's crazy how 2020 was a year where there was a lot of false voices. And you couldn't even figure out who was talking. The devil knows what's going on. The devil knows the scheme of things better than a lot of us do, okay? So it's important for you to understand that what you're seeing is discerning, what you're hearing is correct, whosever voice and what you're saying is aligned as well. So this year is going to be powerful for those reasons because we're stepping into strength and power. Now, we didn't have that last year, but there's a platform that got laid upon the mouth, which is strength and power. All right, so, all right, so, an ox... The nature of an ox, There's an, here's another thing, which is really good. The ox, which is the symbolism of the, um, uh, the ox, the symbolism uh, stands for not just breaking up fallow ground, threshing grain, threshing, so it's the breaking open of grain. Uh, the pulling of carts, so it's pulling weight, it's pulling strength, it's doing something, it's not a sitting. And the ox has an apostolic nature because it plows land, it builds up uh, and with sacrifice and humility. So the nature, there's an apostolic nature to the season that we're in. In this season that we're in right now, it's a time and a season. There's, an, there's a humility and there's a servanthood and a sacrifice that comes from that humility. And there's, there's a cost. There's a doing. It's like, go ye all into all the world. Well, in order to go, you have to do, right? So that means there's a doing. There's a two-part. In order to be a servant, that means you have to plow, right? In, in order to be a servant, that means you have to lead. That means you have to do. So the key is, so the Lord, the word to us for this year is to do, the word for us this year is to lead through power and strength, to see with the eye. It also has a meaning uh, to look watchful. Uh, it's also a crown. Uh, seven is, uh, means crown. Um, it's, it's just crazy significance to all this. Completion, perfection, presence. So God wants to set us free, and he wants to bring us into the year that we are in. How? Do we get there? Oftentimes, we—I don't know about you, but I came and I, I forget who shared uh, the suicide. Was that Charmaine? That was Rika. How she was getting ready to do something and felt like she was supposed to share it with me. She said she was supposed to text me, and she she didn't. And she decided to just maybe talk to me today. And um, and then she started feeling all this depression. That's that's the false voice. The enemy knows what you're to do. He knows it. He watches you. You have familiar spirits that linger around you, and they know your buttons, and they're trying to push them, and they're whispering. And it's important for you to calibrate to hearing the voice of God clearly. What is his voice saying for you? Which is why during the worship, the vision, there are dreams and visions. There's calling. There's destiny over your life. The biggest thing that the enemy comes to you in is that you have nothing to say, you have nothing to do, and you have no purpose, a significant purpose. He is constantly tearing at your garment, the edges of your garment. He is trying to cut them. And the Lord's heart to you is to hear him and to do what he is saying, to see yourself as you are. Uh, Rika started to hear the wrong things to try to thwart her, from coming forth. I don't know how many times when I spoke with me and Ruth and and some of the others on um, intercessory virtual group and how right before we come into prayer that whole day, we're like, oh, I don't have anything to say. Uh, I don't know if there's just nothing. I'm going to pray, but I'm going to put you guys to sleep. And it's just, I hope I can squeeze it out. You know, you're like, you know, to try to squeeze out something of strength. And the Lord always shows up. But the uh, the modus operandi, I think, is the expression. The, the method that the enemy always uses is the counter. So you're supposed to do something, and he tells you, oh, who do you think you are? You're supposed to say something. You're supposed to get involved. You're supposed to start teaching in some element in church. You're supposed to start offering your gifts, and the enemy says, why are you teaching? Oh, that's what are you going to say? They're not going to listen to you. Why are you wanting to serve? You have these issues in your life. You're not completely. Do you remember how you were thinking? Do you remember that you were depressed? And he's a liar. And he knows what to throw up in, in which to discourage you, in which to distract you, and in which to hinder you. He will not give you a free run at it. Your calling, your purposes, the plans, whatever it is, writing, writing putting time aside to hear the Lord and writing things down, writing music. He's not going to let you. He's going to distract you from everything you're supposed to do. If he, he'll, he'll let you be saved, but if he can keep you from walking in power and uh, your highest purpose. My husband's put, putting together a series um, on the end times, uh, uh, something um, to deal with it, not as much like a hardcore deep revelation teaching but he's talking about the whole season that we're in and what that means to us as believers and every time he tries to work on that it's hard every time he tries to really labor at it he can do other things but that and I was telling him I said the enemy does not want you to be released to the world he does not want you to be released uh, further than your region The, the, the enemy does not want you to share that rika he doesn't want you to share that with other women he wants you to think you don't have anything bright and smart and eloquent and articulate to say. And even if you don't, do you have his presence? Do you have his power? Do you have your testimony? Well, then you got something to say. So there's a few things that keep us from getting to where the Lord wants us to be in this year. And I think, look, taking, a, uh, taking inventory On our lives is important. I think it's good to take a look at your birthday. What have you been doing this last year? It's January. What did you say you were going to do last year? And did you, you know, I mean the weight loss. Okay, fine. But you know, but all that other stuff. Okay, you know, you know, you're going to change your hair color. Okay. That's great, but really, really, the spiritual stuff, that's really going to catapult you. That's going to tra- be the trajectory of you going to where you're supposed to go so that when you're in front of the Lord and all of heaven is shouting and uh, you know heralding, because that's what will happen when you're in front of the Abema seat, the angels will begin to herald your accomplishments, your obedience to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? So you see why the enemy doesn't want you to do so much around here? In this life he doesn't want you to think that you can be a mother and a speaker and a teacher and a businesswoman. You know, even if you're not, you don't have to be, but you can, you could. Or he wants you to feel diminished because you are and and you're not staying at home or if you are staying at home, you're supposed to you're you're less than the rest of them, the career woman. Do you see the lie? The constant flip-flopping that the enemy wants to deceive you with? You're either too much or you're never enough. What? So, how are we going to get to 2021, and how are we going to be successful? How are we going to succeed? How are we going to see advancement? We're going to focus. I'm going to give you a few areas that I think are really important. And I think that's where the, I think where breaker anointing comes from. Uh, I think it's an acknowledgement of the anointing, that you need the anointing. It's more than just the knowledge and being able to teach uh, or you know to quote a Bible verse perfectly. I used to be one of those people that would be able to quote it, like, word for word, and I, like, put a lot of effort in that. Has anyone else ever wanted to do those kind of things, like weirdos? Okay, I would always try to, and I would find a lot of focus on that. And it's good. I mean, look, it is, it's is—it's really good. But the the, um, the presence and the, the ruach, the breath of God, upon that word, the rhema is where it's at. So you can make a few mistakes with the articulation of the scripture, but it's knowing—it's the experiential part of it that's important. And the anointing is exactly that. You need anointing is the presence. That's all that word means. You must have presence. If you're going to talk about something, even if it's like a cereal box, somebody was telling me a while back ago, Sherry, when you, when you start sharing, you can even talk about a cereal box and I just feel presence on it. Why is that? Because I crave the presence. I don't want to talk unless his weight is on it. The word glory means weight, the weight of who he is. That's how you go from glory to glory. You have more greater and greater weight. Well, how, if, you, if you aren't strong and you don't become strong, how are you going to carry weight? You have to get some broadening of shoulders, right? That's how you carry the weight of the anointing. You, and that means there's things that have to go from you as well. So anointing is going to be important. I'm going to remind you things that you probably already know because I'm going to tell myself the same thing that I need to remember. You need, an, you need greater anointing. You need to be saturated and aware of him, of his presence, of discernment, of direction, of wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, ask, and he will give it to him generously. You can't have yours. Forget your degree. Forget your A in English, what is it, honors or collegiate, scholarly, something, something, academia. Forget that. Forget how long you've been in the faith. You need to hear fresh. You need anointing. You need authority. If you are going to walk in power and strength, did you know that there's a strength that is not yours? It's the strength of God. Search it out. It's the strength of God. When you become weak, who becomes strong? He does. So that means you have to get to the end of yourself in order for his strength to come. So that's why oftentimes we have to run ourselves a little ragged because we can't seem to get out of our own strength in order for the Lord to kick in. It's like the pony motor that he's like waiting for the battery to run out. Like you're like the energizer, you know, and he's waiting for you to, to zap it all, drain it all out. And then you feel drained and then he shows up. And that's why something crazy catalyzes. It's like, you know, flipping a switch. But that's really how we were supposed to do from the start without the without the weariness. We're supposed to to be aware of our weakness and our need, our our need, so that his strength is always what we're acting and moving and um and centering out of. So if we're gonna walk in power and we're gonna walk in strength, then we have to know the authority. So it's it's anointing, it's authority. So it's not just knowing the Bible, it's, it's understanding the presence, it's understanding the indwelling, being aware of it, wanting more of it, searching it out, looking for inc- encounter, practicing it in your private time, asking him. You know when he gives you that great idea and he tells you how to do something and then you go work it out in your plan for like six months? I've done that. Like, the Lord tells me to do something, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that for you. I'll take care of that. And then I come back, and I'm like, wait a second. This isn't working out because you're doing it in your own strength. You're doing it in your own insight. You're doing it in your own ideas. No, no. You have to listen and ask the Holy Spirit how you're supposed to become that business person, how you're supposed to grow in those finances, how you're supposed to step into that ministry area, into that new zone. You're to walk it hand in hand. So anointing, authority, authority. Authority. What does authority look like? It's power and presence like the year. Power. You know the authority. I'm going to read a few scriptures to you. What is authority? Authority. I read some great stuff to this week. I loved it. Authority. we we'll talk a little bit about uh, warfare as well. So authority. Where is our authority? It is from where? Let's throw it out there. Where do we get the authority? from our identity is that what you said that's very good that's good identity what are some things that make our identity known what are our identities what what could we build our identity our authority on I can't hear you knowing the love of god knowing that he loves you in spite of everything in spite of whatever okay so identity that you're loved that you can't lose his love That you're accepted, that you're valued, that you have purpose, okay? What else? Worthy. There's a good one. What else? Worthy. That's a very good one. Knowing who Christ is in us. Give me something specific. Who is he in us? I can't hear you. Be louder. Savior, okay? Strength. Okay, that he's with us in our weakness. So that means we're not going to have to be perfect to do it. So our identity, where else would our authority come from? Scripture. 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 Jesus said, okay, Ephesians 4, 27, do not give place to the devil. He said in Ephesians 7, you stand, you be strong in the Lord. You put on the whole armor of God, that you will be able to stand against the walls of the devil. The authority that we have comes from Christ. We walk in authority because he's given it to us. We have power and authority through the name of God, through the words, uh, for the word of God, the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. And that means we're to run the devil out of all of our affairs. So the stuff that you have difficulty in, there's a responsibility in our authority to do something. We're to think about, we're to evaluate and take, um, take uh, inventory on our thought life. We're to see what we say and listen to about ourselves. Our identity, how we see ourselves, how we see others, and how we think God sees us that's your identity your trinity right there how we see god how we think god sees us and how we think god sees uh, how we see others ephesians says where are we seated that we are seated in heavenly places with christ ephesians 2 why are you heavenly seated why are you seated in heavenly places because you have been given rank you have been given authority You have been given title. You have been given position that you are to rule and to reign. Where do you rule in this life? Where? I can't hear you. Spiritual? You're to rule and reign in this life. What is it that you're doing? You're bringing about the kingdom. You're bringing about the kingdom. You are bringing about the kingdom. What does that kingdom look like? Prosperity, the love of God, the gospel, to flourish, universal flourishing, which is what peace stands for. The word peace, shalom, means universal flourishing. We are bringing authority, and our authority is over demonic spirits, spiritual wickedness in high places spiritual wickedness in high places. Your your weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Why is there a stronghold? Because there's an enemy who opposes you. James 4, 7 says, if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. The weapons of your warfare are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. You will never overcome your strongholds without the power and the authority of Jesus. You'll never. In our our seating, when we're seated in Ephesians 2, we are seated far above all principalities, power, might, and dominion. What that means is there's a warfare that's going on, and our mind has got to be calibrated to what that warfare is and what our weapons are to fight against. So that means the principalities, we have to understand that there's there's ranking spirits that are oppressing us, that are oppressing our church, that are oppressing our lives, that are oppressing our marriages, that are oppressing our uh, that even oppressions that are over our children in the schools. It's principalities. If you're going to walk in authority, you have to be a person of warfare prayer. You've got to be a person of intercession. Why? Because you don't win uh with 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 a fight with just like fighting someone physically you win by the by the uh by the hand-to-hand combat in the realm of the spirit your weapons are not carnal but they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds so your principalities it's ephesians i don't know if it's ephesians uh seven you you should be be strong in the lord put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the walls of the to the of uh, the devil. Uh, that's six, yeah. Uh, and so there's the pulling down of the strongholds, the principalities, powers, might, and dominion. There's strength in what's gonna come against you. And you have got to see that you must do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. So our principalities, we are seated far above principalities with Christ in an authority position, power, might, and dominion. The dominion, if you've heard, dominion is the authority that you've been given in this life. What are you to do? To pull, you're to trample uh, devils, to trample demons. You're to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to cast out, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, and preach the gospel. Those three, those three places of authority are for your life and for the people that you're ministering to. And it may feel like, oh, wow, uh, you know, it's really hard on me to think I'm going to cast out devils. Well, when you're driving devils out of your life and out of your poverty that's you've been on, that's been on in your life your whole time, then that is, that's driving out devils. When you're driving out devils from your insecurity and your 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 constant struggle, your repetitive um, uh, depression and habitual uh, discouragement and isolation, that's a devil. That's a demonic bondage. That's what's to go. You can't minister to others if you can't root it out of your own life. I mean, you can, but you want to walk in power, you're going to have to root it out because the enemy is going to affront you. So in order for us to walk in power, we have got to understand the realm of the enemy and what he's trying to do in the, life of, in the life of us as believers, and he's going to affront you. So we have to take dominion, and we have to see the dominion of the kingdom infiltrating every part of our life. And so what does that look like? It's super easy. If you don't have universal flourishing, then the enemy has a stronghold somewhere. If there's an area of your life that you believe a lie, then there's a stronghold, and that's what you're rooting out. It's the purifying of our thoughts, of our actions, and then our deeds, but it's not a necessary uh, prerequisite to be perfect, but it is a uh, necessary prerequisite to be uh, be pure, pure pure-hearted. So we're looking to remove. We have eyes like that, that number representation of eyes. We're looking, we're watchful, we're removing the places of the enemy, the, the seeds, the deposits that have been deposited, the, the, the weeds that are not supposed to be. So we're looking to plow those fields, those barren fields. There's some women that you have barren fields. You have fields that have not given you uh, grain. They have not produced harvest that there's something there there's a lie that you believe there's a there's a demonic inception there's a bondage there could be a curse that needs to be broken over your life that's very common with poverty you may need there's repentance that has to happen in that where you need to find out what is it that's keeping me from where you want to take me what what binds you up If you have bindings, that's a stronghold. You don't need me to break it down in the Greek for you to know that's a stronghold. If it binds you, if it grabs you, if it puts its teeth in you, and if it holds you for a while, then it's a stronghold. And it's seeds that grew in ground that was supposed to bear much fruit, and it's not bearing fruit, it's fallow. It even has weeds, and it's because you're believing lies. You're believing lies. So that ground has to be replowed. That has to be tilled. There has to be something coming forth from it. If you're gonna, if you're in the season of the, the season of harvest, some of you are in harvest in certain seasons of your life. You've been depositing and you've been building those grounds, you've been caring for those fields, those vineyards, those orchards. And now you're seeing fruit, and you're seeing even mature fruit, but now or mature grain. And the next step for you then is what does that look like on the threshing floor? How is that being, uh, how is that being uh, beaten? How, how is that breaking open the grain? What is, what is the purpose of it? What is to come from that threshing floor from my grain, from my offering? And others of you, with, with the plowing, with the field, your, your step is to not just hear and to not just plow, but it's to actually receive. It's to receive uh, your harvest. It's to delight yourself in some of the de- deluxes, the, de- the, the niceties um, in, in the table that's presented to, in front of your enemies. That table that the Lord is presenting you in front of your enemies at, there's a, there's a bounty that's there and it's yours for the taking And so what does it look like? Your apostolic coming forth is to come forth. You've sowed in the time of sowing, and now it's your reaping. And some of you are uncomfortable with reaping. Some of you are uncomfortable with harvest. Some of you are uncomfortable with indulgence and the enjoyment of the delicacies of his goodness. And that's not good. That's not blessed if you can't receive it's a false humility if you can't step forward in confidence and bring all of your strengths, all that you've deposited in your hearts to have something of value, something of worth, something to deposit, something to deliver, something to release into your, your ethos, your circle of influence. If you feel that you're not able to release something, then you have believed a lie. You have believed a lie. And you're not standing in a harvest and you're still toiling in fields that you're not supposed to toil. And some of you have an issue even that you're still under the curse of Genesis. You're still toiling on the sweat of your brow and you're not coming into actually prospering without this heavy labor that is just uh, grinding uh, dollar for dollar. That's a curse if you only uh, survive. That's a curse. If you don't, uh, if you don't thrive and you don't have abundance, there's a curse. There's an attachment that you're not blessed beyond measure. You should have plenty and enough to give to others. And if you don't, then there's, there's something there. You either believe it and you've coupled, you you don't see the uh, fruit. Um, You don't see the fruit because you believe a lie because doubt and unbelief have gotten into your heart. And so you don't see it. You're still wandering in the wilderness like the Israelites Because of their unbelief and their doubt, they did not step into the promised land. Deuteronomy was the promises. Deuteronomy 33 talks about land that you didn't have to purchase, houses that you didn't have to build, land that other people give to you, debts that have been canceled, checks in the mail for you, new furniture, new houses, new cars abundance not just to indulge yourself but to be a blessing to others and if you're not having that you're under a curse you're just if you have a field that is missing things you're you're you, you have a field that's very fallow you know like those serf systems you remember that in the there's a in medieval times they would have the serfs and you would work for the lords uh, these lords and ladies and you would you would sow and everything that you had that it was a value was given to them And all you did was get the slim pickings. You were like potato farmers, so the little scraps, you know? You'd get the little extras, the skimpies. If that's what your field looks like, you're under a curse. What do you do with that? You get honest. You ask the Lord, how do I get free from this? What's the journey, Holy Spirit? What's the glory look like that you want to reveal in my life? Maybe it's not wearing worn clothes anymore. Some of you, you know, it's, it's getting some fresh duds or I don't know, something. There's putting, washing your, you know, it's like in a new adornment. Uh, David washed his face. You know, he got, he put on his adornments after a season of very difficulty when he lost the baby from his sins. Some of us need to wash. Some of us need to no longer be held back by the former things. You can't step forward into your speaking because the enemy sits on your shoulder and tells you, look at who you are. Look at what you do. That's a lie. That's a lie. That is not the identity of Christ for you. If it's not good, if it's not perfect, if it has any of shadow of turning in it, then it's not for you. That's from the devil. God doesn't have good and evil. He only has good. And if it came and if it's a package with anything yucky in it, it's the devil, so, in walking in authority, that means we have to do our weapons of warfare. We have no choice. We have no choice, none whatsoever, for the weapons of warfare are not uh, are not carnal, but mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. So that's not physical weapons. It's 2 Chronicles ten four. So our weapons are divinely are are divinely and pow- divinely powerful. For the uh, for the uh, destruction of fortresses, I meant to write this scripture down. I can't remember. It's in Isaiah, but it talks about the immovable walls in our life. These immovable fortifications in our life that wore off a wall off our heart that we can't engage the Holy Spirit that we can't forgive ourselves, that we can't release ourselves, that we uh, have lies, that we've believed all about ourselves. There's these immovable fortresses. And these weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of those fortresses because we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Our battle is in spiritual realms. It is not in the everyday. Your identity is not a facelift. Your identity is identity is how you see yourself. I think, oh, if I just get a little younger, if my hair gets a little cuter, if I just get a little thinner, your identity is not that. Your identity is who he says and what he's empowered you with. That is how you're to perceive yourself and your future, First John 5 says this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we asked of him Do you need a job? Do you need provision? Do you need peace? Do you need freedom from loneliness? Do you need fresh ideas? Do you need problem be able to be a problem solver? do you need breakthrough? You have it if you ask according to his will. The only way you wouldn't is if you ask, cor- uh, ask amiss. James 1.6 we, we, in the Amplified says, he must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting because God has a willingness to help. This is the Amplified. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the world. The heart of God is to release you in to where he has called you to be. 2021 is the year of seeing. It's the year of the mouth for you. It's the year of of speaking forth. It's the year of power and strength. It's the year of humble servitude Leadership. It's servitude of leadership. It's leading. The ox will lead. Okay. It's a humble servitude of leadership. That is, you must step forward if you're going to lead and you're to do it scared. Do it afraid. Do it if you stutter like Moses. The ones who are called are the intimate ones. They're not the equipped. He equips the called. We often want to be equipped first and accept the calling after. And he's, you're called, then he equips. And you know what calling is? You hear. That's all it is. Yes, Lord, here am I. You can be Samuel at the age of eight. Eli had been in the house of God for years. I think he was 40. And that's when, but Samuel heard what Eli couldn't any longer. Moses was 80 years old when he stepped into his calling. He was 40 when he left pharaoh's house and he did it in his own strength and he disappeared to the land of midian he took care of stinky sheep for someone else it was the most humbling job and god called him again and you know what was so courageous is that he listened and he did it at 80 years old many of you have calling every single one of you has calling you have multiple callings you don't just have speaking gifts you every one of you has a speaking gift Every one of you has a calling to release something. If it's writing, if it's speaking, if it's lyrics, if it's words of encouragement, if it's prophetic, every one of you has something to speak. Every one of you has something to release. Every one of you has something to bring forth. What is it going to be? What is 2021 going to be for you? Not for me, for you. You put on the armor, you put on the whole armor. You step forward. You say, you know what I believe? I believe the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro, seeing whose hearts are truly his. And so I believe that the Lord's eyes were roaming to and fro when he saw um, Noah. I believe that. I believe the Lord's eyes were roaming to and fro when he saw Moses. I believe the Lord's eyes were roaming to and fro looking for those whose hearts are truly his when he found David. Nobody else found David, but God knew exactly where he was. There's ladies here that are sitting, and you've been sitting far too long. There's more for you. Maybe you're already doing well. Maybe there's more for you to release. There's greater anointing, glory to glory. That means that your broadening of your shoulders, you can carry more weight. Do you know that a very strong ox, a mature ox, can uh, pull s- larger amounts of weight than the than the than the young. Do you know that when new oxen start, they put them behind the uh, the mature oxen to watch how to pull? Who are you to think that you're too old, not enough, too much, not able? Who are you? If you are mature in the Lord and it's not an age, you are to pull and show others how to pull it. You are to show others how to prophesy. You are to show others how to wield a sword. How to not be afraid, how to have courage, how to stand by yourself, how to overcome even though you may feel frail, how to find where your source of strength is. You're to pull in front of the rest of them and you're to be okay with pulling by yourself. That's a leader. That's a leader. You're called to lead. Oxen pull in the front. So what are you going to do? You had vision and calling spoke over you by Rika. You had new dreams, new visions, reminding of old dreams, reminding of old callings. You saw things. Your tongue burned. You felt water. You felt warmth. You felt the rushing of many waters. What's that going to be? What are you going to do with that today? Are you going to write it down? Is this the year you're going to step out and you're going to do it? Are you okay with being a fool? Are you Lily? Are you Ruth Are you okay with it, Shelly? Rika? Connie? Foolish? Stumbling, bumbling microphone? Trying? Try? Missing it bad until you can hit it? Are you okay with that? Do you believe... That God loves you enough in your weak state. If you make more poopy diapers, does he, do you believe he will still use you if you keep running to the front? He will. Oh, yes, he will. Go look in your Bible how many wasted it and made a mess and came back to the Lord and said, Use me again. And he gave him again. He gave him another try. He's got plenty. He's not a harsh God. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to have... Um, i gonna have uh, Ruth Aline come up. She um, she knows that she's coming. I'm gonna grab another mic. So if I could turn that on, that would be fabulous. Diana, if I could have yours, um, you can put a little music when you get a chance to. That's fine, just low. So what I want to do is, uh, listen. The encounter is everything. So we're it's special. We're together. Um, We're wrapping it up soon, but we're going to take the time to get some more. So Ruth Aline prays very powerfully. I feel like she has a breaker anointing. My husband just said it uh, two weeks ago, and he said she blows me away when she starts to pray. So I want to have one of the things that the Lord told me to pray for was um, anointing for new businesses. Um, If you are getting ready to, if you have a new business, I want you to stand right over here. If you are in the works and it's already happening, but it's not done yet, I want you to stand right here. If you have an idea for a new business and you're looking for the courage to do it or the discernment and the insight and the wisdom of what to do, I want you to stand over here. Okay? And we're going to pray. Ruth Aline is going to come up and we're going to pray financial blessing uh, over that and an impartation. An impartation. What it is, is it's an anointing on someone's life. Uh, Diana, bring that up here if you can. Make sure it's working. If sure, not, sure. Shelly should turn up that microphone. Yes. Uh, so Ruth Aline, you're going to come up. So uh, she has an anointing for finances. And check, check, um, check. I've seen tremendous breakthrough. I've had like three or four people just recently tell me um, that uh, they can't believe the, uh, co- the condensed blessing uh financial blessing coming on people and i was telling that person i've told them it's because there's this anoint there's this prayer going forth weekly on it and there's a bunch of us that are just pounding heaven for financial blessing over the people of god here at elevate so she has an anointing for it and she's going to pray over your businesses you're going to pray as you feel um, and then we're going to pray over the businesses. So this side is you already have a new business. This side is you have a business and you're getting it up and running, but it's like ready to go. And this is just ideas that you have new things that you're trying to bring forth. OK. OK. But you, you it got it in front of you. OK. And so impartation is the weight of glory from someone seeing the breakthrough in their life and in their history with the Lord. And so that anointing is being transferred to you, okay? It's being transferred to you. She's going to release uh, wisdom. She's going to release financial breakthrough. Um, I'm going to, if you need, uh, we'll, we'll pray for both. We'll pray as we both feel. And um, Or as, as you feel for both, you can pray. Um, and if you, you have a job that you want prayer over afterwards, we'll do that as a second part. But right now, we're going to pray for the new businesses. Because, listen, Proverbs 31, there, she did all kinds of things. And even if it was 10 women, us women, we know how to work together, okay? Okay, naturally inclined to work as a team, Okay. So the Lord will give you the ability to teamwork something that you're not just working on your own. Okay, so that's that's an innate. It's very interesting to the gender that they're very good with playing nicely. They like to work in teams. So that's women. So they build powerful. And I want to also just throw this out there. I asked a man years ago, it was called, uh, he started a huge church networking in the Baptist movement, huge church networking globally, and it was called Glocal. And I asked him, what would you say? Because he was talking about this revival. And Baptists in Africa, they, they don't, they're not like baptists They're like a little bit crazier. They're a little less subdued. I, I don't know. They don't know that they're supposed to be still, you know? You know what I mean? Like they're supposed to sit still and no hands. And, you know, they, they don't know that, I don't think. And so the, he said, they're kind of crazy over there in Africa. And I asked him, he said, this powerful move of God was happening. This is like 10 years ago. And he sa- I asked him, so what would you say the, what would you give as the main reason? What would you say is what is, was the key what was the happening? And I thought he was going to give me this networking, you know, smarty pants, strategy, thingy, 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 and Or something, you know, just something. Well, it was me, you know, or I don't know, something. We networked and we used media or I don't know. We, we got a smoke machine. And, and he didn't say anything like that. And he said, this is going to freak you out. He said, I said, why is it sweeping like it is? And he said, because there are Christian, there are entrepreneurial women who are generously giving that is causing the kingdom to spread like wildfire. That's what he said, this man in his 60s said, is what is the catalyst in Africa? Generous, entrepreneurial women. Now go read your Bible again and you're going to see them. You're going to find them more. So, we're going to pray for that, because when you get blessed, the kingdom grows. People get jobs with godly people. We need more godly businesses. We need more million-dollar companies. We need that. We need, we need Christian businesses that are voices for this, this hour. Okay? The brilliant minds of women are not women that are, I don't know, know that they're women, or I don't know what the heck is going on with some of them. But, look... We know our identity, and it's not in our gender in specific. It's in who we are in Christ. And we have a voice, and we cannot stay silent anymore in the culture. So we have to come forth. So she's going to pray. There's a breaker anointing on her, and I love it. So she's going to pray as she feels. And then uh, Aline, are you going to lay hands?
1: Um, Let's just talk first.
0: Okay. I'm going to switch mics for you.
1: This morning I woke up with the with Philippians 419 on my Check. mind. And it says, my God shall supply all of my needs Check. according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And you know, God has done that. Love the
0: microphone.
1: God has done that in my life. It didn't start out that way. But there was a time in my life I always say that I couldn't even afford to buy uh, a shower curtain. (laughs) And that's just an example. But then God put that scripture in my heart. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all of my needs. And I think when Paul said that, he said that because he knew the Philippians were givers like, Pastor Sherry just talked about. He knew that they were givers because you can't expect a harvest without a without sowing. If you sow, then you can expect a harvest. And if you're thinking about going into business, you want to sow, you want to make sure that you're you're sowing the seeds that's gonna come back, not only to your personal life, but to your business. And I like the scripture in Malachi that said bring all the tithe into the storehouse that that will be food in my house and I like when the Lord say try me in this in other words try me test me see if I won't do it uh, I will not I will not open if I will not open the windows of heaven and pull you out of blessing so much so that you can't receive it. And not only does he say that, he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. In other words, he's going to stand between you and the enemy when you tithe. He's going to stand between you and the enemy and your finances when you tithe. And so the thing is, it's like we want to position ourselves That we can be blessed. And the other thing about the uh, Philippians 4.19, it didn't just happen. I had to speak it. I had to pray it. I had to speak it. I had to pray it. I had to memorize it. I had to take it over and over in my heart until I dreamed about it. And when I dreamed about it, the Lord said to me, I will take care of you always. Then I, got a, then I got a prophecy. The Lord will forever take care of you financially. Not because I was so great with my checkbook. Not because I spent so well, even though he caused us to be good stewards. But because he promised. And his promises a yay and amen. And I think what I'm saying to you concerning that is the word will work if you work it. That's right. It's a good word. The word will work if you work it. And if you are dealing with whatever in finances, and you may have a lot of finances, but you want more finances because you want enough to give, as Pastor Sherry already said. So if we want enough to give... And who are you giving to? You're giving to the kingdom of God. You're giving your tithe. You're giving your offering. You're giving to the person behind you, uh, maybe. Are you giving to the person in front of you in the grocery store who didn't have enough to finish paying for their groceries. Or maybe one day you're just riding through the drive-thru and you want to pay for the person behind you. Whatever the Lord leads you to do, you want to be able to do it, but you can't do it if you don't have the finances. Okay? So, um, God, and when I was sitting over there, the one thing that came to me is how much God loves us and how much he wants to bless us. I think he wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you see your daughters standing before you. Lord, they could have been doing anything today, but they come seeking you. And you said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and your righteousness, and all the other things will be added. And I thank you even today, Lord God. You're not only adding finances, Lord God. Well, Lord, there are things that are so much more important than finances, but it all comes in together. As we serve you, Lord God, as we magnify you, Lord God, as we glorify you, Lord God, then you open up the windows of heaven and you pour out such a blessing that we cannot receive it. And when I see the windows of heaven being opened, I see a floodgate being poured out on these women today, on all of us, Father, as we seek you, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that you take us to different places and give us different ideas and different creative ideas, Lord God, that you want to take us in. And in the name of Jesus, whether it's writing a book, whether it's opening a store, whether it's something online, whatever, Lord God, that you have called each one of us to do, that you give us the idea. And as you give us the idea, whether it's in a dream or in a vision Lord God, it could be just an idea that pop up in our head, Father God but whatever idea that you give us then you cause us to walk it out you show us how to walk it out in the name of Jesus, Lord God and Lord, we trust you in that in the name of Jesus, Lord God as we seek you, as we're seeking you even today, Lord God and Lord, we bind the works of the enemy that will come to try to stop your plan and your destiny over any one of our lives in the name of Jesus, Lord God we bind like God and break the power of the enemy that Pastor Sherry's talked about this morning we just declare that you have no authority in any one of our lives in the name of Jesus but the blood of Jesus covers each one of us in the name of Jesus the blood of Jesus covers our finances the blood of Jesus covers our businesses the blood of Jesus covers everything that the Lord has set in place for us because you've already set it in place you've already put it in our book and I pray for the God that you will show it to each one of us and and help us to walk it out in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're doing in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're careful to always come back and give you the glory. To give you the honor and give you the praise. And thank you, Father God, as you continue, Lord God, to open our eyes to see what you're doing. But most of all, Lord God, putting you first in everything. Putting you first. Seeking you, Lord God. God, should I do this? God, should I do that? God, show me how to do this. Even when I went, went to bed last night, I said, Lord, if whatever you have me to do, let it be so. The Lord leads and he guides and directs. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are placing on each one of our hearts a direction that only you have ordained for each one of us. Even for this ministry, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that you have plans for this ministry, Father God. And each one of us are a part of it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And you have a place, Lord God, for each one of us in the name of Jesus Christ. It may not be in this room, Lord God. It may be in the community, Father God. But wherever it is, Father God, I thank you, Lord God, you give us the anointing. You give us the authority. You give us the power of the Holy Spirit. You infill us every day in every way with the power of your Holy Spirit to walk out and carry Carry out the plan and the purpose that you have not only for our lives, but for the lives of those that we come in contact with. Even today, Lord God, when we walk out of this room, cause us to be full of you, and with the, not only with the power of your Holy Spirit, but with directions. And we give you praise for allowing us to be here today. In the name of Jesus, Amen.
0: Okay, if you have a business, come over here, Ruth Aline, and just lay hands. If you have a business already, I just want you to release. Come with your mic again. I just want you to touch each person, lay hands on them. Yeah, come with it. And release, just if, if it's you that you already have a business, is it you? Okay, all right. You can come up. Uh, do you have your business already? Okay, come up. Uh, Margie? Have a, okay, come up to the front. She's just going to pray over you. Just touch their head and release anointing over them. Release breakthrough anointing. Go ahead, slather your hand. She's going to release breakthrough anointing over your business, over your finances, over your uh, open doors of, of breakthrough, open doors that you have not been able to have breakthrough in, that the Lord is going to clear immovable walls for you, and breakthrough anointing is coming for you. A breaker anointing. I see walls, barriers that you have not been able to scale in your business, and the Lord is going to break those walls down for you when she prays over you, and there's going to be an opening, and you are going to remember the Lord when this happens. You are going to remember him. Go ahead, Ruth Aline. Just pray as you feel led. Just touch him and pray over each of them. Wisdom. Wisdom over you in the name
1: of
0: in the mic go uh-huh. ahead pray in the mic so everybody power can the, receive it follow the
1: holy spirit of god wisdom yes. wisdom break anointing Ooh, hallelujah <laughs> break through anointing in jesus name break through.